Hello everyone, you're listening to Behind the Board by Wicked Studios in Daytona Beach, Florida. We are joined here today with Moro Atala, the Vice President of Engineering at Collins Aerospace. He's been very kind to come to the Wicked Studios today to help share how he made his way from an employee at Collins Aerospace all the way up to the Vice President level. We're glad to have you here. Thank you. Uh, We really appreciate it. How and when did you first get interested in the aerospace industry? So... I wouldn't say necessarily uh, the industry, but uh, when I was like in middle school, one of the things I used to do was to build rockets at home. So from a very young age, I like airplanes, I like rockets. So I always had that interest. But then as I went through college and grad school, I ended up spending a lot of time away from aerospace. And then about seven years ago, eight years ago, I had the opportunity to join the the aerospace part of United Technologies. And so when that opportunity came up, I I jumped at it because then I could get back to. And and even today, I mean, some of the things I saw today in the Rocket Club, obviously the rockets they have here are much bigger, much more sophisticated than I used to do as a kid. But yeah, it's great. So once I had the opportunity, I jumped at it. Now we know you've been at United Technologies for, you spent a good portion of your career there. Yes. Uh, So what was your first job out of college? So my career, if I think of it, I did my undergrad and master's uh, back in Brazil where I'm from. I came to the U.S. for my Ph.D. So technically my first job out of college after my Ph.D. I became a professor in Brazil. So I was teaching there for two years then I came back to the U.S. Uh, where I joined MIT to be a research scientist there, still in academia teaching and, and advising students. So the first non-academic job is when I joined United Technologies. So this was back in 2000. And United Technologies is it's a great company, especially for people that had my background, because it has a corporate research center. So you get to join a corporate research organization that's working real problems for the industry but you still have the research component in it. So first job academic in Brazil as professor, but then back at United Technologies in research. So how was that transition from working in academia to going to an ac- into the more practical sense of the field? How was that transition? How did that go over throughout I, your career? It's an adjustment, right? I interviewed for the job, I think it was, I want to say September, and I was hired to do research in a certain area. By the time I joined the company in December, that whole area had gone away and there was no more work there. Mm-hmm. So one of the things in industry is the priorities may shift and you adapt with it. And that gives you the opportunity to learn about a, a number of different problems, a number of different technologies. So that transition was, I mean, transitions are not always easy, but as long as you're willing to relax a little bit and take that as an opportunity to learn something new, you get a lot of it, out of it. And so it was a little bit rocky for the first six months, but then, you know, you get used to it and, and you move on. Was there a point in your career where you ever struggled and how'd you overcome that? And what advice would you give to people who may graduate, enter a career and struggle with the adjustment from going from college to starting their career off? So have I ever struggled? Um, Many, many times. I think that's the answer. So every time I made a significant transition, I struggle because you go through that adaptation. So going from academia to industry, going from being a research engineer to a project manager, from project manager to a portfolio director, and then I left the research center. I came to one of the divisions where you're doing hardcore engineering. You struggle. Uh, So all of these transitions, there are challenges. In terms of overcoming them, I think the basic needs to be that you need to be confident and good at what you do. But if, if I had to give an advice to myself looking back would be to just relax a little bit. I, I, am, I tend to be a perfectionist, so I'm always stressed about everything that's not going well. 
and sometimes that hurts more than help so be a little bit more relaxed the other thing is if you feel you're struggling seek feedback and, and advice from people around you sometimes people around you are seeing things that you're not seeing and and it may be people may tell you you're doing great you're just stressing out or maybe people will tell you that why don't you go about this in a different way so but talk to people get feedback i think it's a it's a great way to, to get confidence on what you're doing and get some guidance on what you need to do differently. So a lot of engineers, especially on campus, they want to start off in their engineering roles, but their long-term career goals may be to assume more of a leadership or a project management position. What piece of advice would you give them for making that transition and for setting yourself up for a career that can allow that transition to occur? So in my case, the way that happened um, it, it was because people saw some potential and, and I took some risks. I think I would say in general, if you want to have a leadership position, regardless of whether it's project management or it could be like you could become a fellow somewhere, right? You could still remain very technically deep in what you do and that's still a leadership position. What I would say is, again, you need to be good at what you do. That's the basics, right? Performance is, can't be compromised. Uh, but beyond that, the one thing I have been listening and reading a lot in the past few years is about empathy, is about the ability to put yourself in somebody else's position, see the world from their perspective. You don't have to agree with it, but see it from their perspective, because that will help you understand where they're coming from. It's going to help you figure out what's the best path to get what you want. Uh, so empathy and, and teamwork is very important. Uh, and demonstrating practice in that, I think, is very important. And the other aspect is you have to take risks. If you want to be a leader, you have to take risks. And, and you can't play safe. And you need to learn from the mistakes, right? Part of taking risks is that sometimes it's not going to go well. So taking risks is, is an important, important aspect of it. Earlier this month, we had our Career Expo, which Rockwell Collins actually sponsored. What are some valuable networking tips that have helped you advance your career, and how could one develop these skills? I wouldn't underestimate the value of asking people for feedback and advice. That, that tends to bring people closer. And you don't need to do this for the sake of networking, but it's a natural outcome of just engaging people. You talk about the Career Expo. These tend to be very high-tech events. There's a lot of activity and things going on, so it's kind of hard to build networking on that event, but I would take the the people you interact with and that you get their business card or, or you talk to, I would make sure you follow up with them afterwards and say, hey, thank you, I like this and this and that. Where can I learn more about something that truly is of interest to you? And then periodically, you know, just keep in touch with them. But I would say beyond the, the career expo type, having empathy, understanding where people are coming from, what they're looking for um, you or what you do or your organization and showing some genuine interest in what they do, I think goes a long, long way for networking. Many, many engineers are introverts and, and I'm certainly one of them. So this is not something that I do very naturally. That aspect of just trying to interact with people to me is what helps me do that. Speaking about interacting with people, uh, a lot of people find it helpful when they start their careers to find someone who's almost like a mentor to them. Have you ever had any mentors in your career that have helped you get to where you are? I did. I've had many, many mentors. Most of the times, I didn't call them a mentor. They didn't know they were my mentor. The way I look at mentoring is more, there are people that you admire 
or people that you believe you can learn something from. And there is no single person that can help you with everything. So I think you come across a number of people that have a behavior, a knowledge, an experience that you believe is valuable that you want to learn from. And you engage all these people and they're mentoring you sometimes not even knowing about it. What I would say is if you, if you want to have a mentoring relationship with somebody, try to be specific about what is it that you're trying to learn from that engagement. At least in my case, it's very helpful to me when some come, someone comes to me and says, Hey, Mauro, would you mind me helping me through how I work in my organization trying to solve these types of problems? And it's not that I'm telling them what to do, but I can help with that aspect of it, right? How to navigate this versus coming to me and say, Mauro, do you want to be my mentor? And there is no focus. It becomes just conversational. And I don't think I'm helping them very much. So knowing what you want to learn from that person and, and trying to be somewhat explicit about it, I think is very helpful. So they, so they also know how to help you and start with something small. And then as you start that interaction, because many times you don't know that person really well, but the more you interact, the more you're going to learn about that person, then things will grow over time. But don't try to start with everything. What was the best and what was the worst career advice that you have ever been given? Okay. The best one is easy. So when I was, so the best advice was my dad. And, and again, back in Brazil, when you apply for college, you, you declare your major before you apply. So you take a national entrance exam to whatever school you want to go to. And, and you choose your major. It's mechanical engineering or something else. And my whole family are a bunch of economists. And, and I was like... Should I do economy? Should I do engineering? Which I really like to do. And my dad, he noticed that, right? My, my struggle. And he came and said, look, it doesn't matter what you do. Just make sure that you, you spend your time, your energy on something that you really like. If you like it, you're going to be good at it. If you're good at it, then everything else sorts itself out. And it's absolutely true, right? And... And I try to think about this every once in a while to make sure that that still holds true. But that was by far the best advice. I don't know that I have a worst advice. You know, maybe back to the mentoring question. Mentoring goes two ways. So to me, I learn a lot about observing people and how they go about making decisions or doing things. You can also learn a lot by observing what not to do, right? And, and yeah. so that's not necessarily a bad advice. But if you're paying attention, you can see a lot of things that are done that don't necessarily produce good results. And you just need to reserve and learn from that and not try to do it. Uh, it's very easy to learn to see someone who's successful and just say, oh, I'm going to follow everything that they're doing and it'll get me there. And that doesn't always work out. At least in my case. I mean, I learn a lot by observing other people. A lot. From your experience in the aviation industry... What role has Embry-Riddle and its graduates played in shaping, in, the in, in shaping the industry that you've seen so far? It's a little bit embarrassing, but this is my first time on campus. In the past, I had not interacted with the university, so the reason I'm, I'm getting to visit the school today, I, I met President Butler uh, at the air show. We talked a lot about it. Uh, I met a number of people at what used to be Rockwell Collins, that recruit very heavily from the university. I mean, there are over 600 alumni 
uh, from Emory Riddle at Collins Aerospace today. And and I was talking to, to Barry, say, look, I, I need to come visit you guys. And and I've been impressed with everything I've seen today. It's 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 the only school that I know that's focused on the sector of the economy in terms of aviation aeronautics. And everyone that I spoke to during the day today was so passionate and knew so much about the industry and what they were working on. I'm coming away, I mean, it's a, a day extremely well spent here. So I really enjoyed it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to come back. I'm looking forward to bring other people back here to see what I'm seeing today, but I'm, I'm impressed. Very, very nice school. I am interested in what your day-to-day looks like at Collins Aerospace. So I will give you the real answer, not what my kids say. I mean, a lot of the day is, so So my role is to lead engineering for Collins Aerospace. You can't get involved in all the details because you don't have enough hours in the day. And honestly, you just don't know enough, right? It's such a diverse company that you can't pretend to know everything that goes on. A lot of how I spend the time is thinking and working and having meetings, discussing with people how to shape the culture of the company, the priorities of the company, how we may be organized, because that drives a lot of the behavior and the outcome. And to the extent that our major technology investments that need to be made, I I get much more heavily involved. To the extent that there are issues of our products in the field uh, that are of sufficient, you know, high profile, I get involved, but it's a lot more about the organizational design. How do you set up rewards, I guess, in the company to set to, to try to promote the right behaviors, to try to make the, the, the ultimate intent is I want engineers at Collins Aerospace to be the best engineers in the industry, period, right? So a lot of what I try to do is to think about what, what needs to be done to get to that end goal. So a lot of it, we are a global company. We have 100, over 180 different sites with engineers. So a lot of the time is on phone calls, uh, video conferences, right? I can't be everywhere all the time. And now not everybody can come visit me. So, but it's a lot interacting with people remotely uh, and trying to convey to them the importance of the things that I, I believe in so they can try to, to push them forward for me because, again, I can't be everywhere, right? No one can. And going off that, what's your favorite part about your job? And then kind of overall, what's the favorite part of Collins? About the job is it's working with the people that I have to work with. It's really, really cool. You may disagree, you may agree on something, but everyone is trying to do the right thing from their perspective. They're all really, really smart. So that's really, I mean, the people is, is by far the best part. And for example, next week, I'm going to be back in Florida in the, in the Palm Beach area. Every two years, we bring together all the engineering executives and all the fellows uh, for one week where we pick a topic and we spend a week focused on that topic. And being able to interact with the fellows, as far as Collins Aerospace, it's just the diversity of products and things that we do. Uh, I tell people when, when I meet people from you know schools, we probably have every engineering discipline in the company. Chemical engineering, cybersecurity, aerodynamics, you, you name it. And and having that all under one roof and, and developing all the products and all the leading ed- edge technology that we do. Someone with my background that used to be at research, that's just, you know, it's it's being like a kid in a, in a store. You, you, you're never bored. It's, it's, it's impossible to get bored. 
well, that will conclude our podcast. We will have many more Speaker Series podcasts coming up throughout the rest of the semester, so make sure to keep tuned to the Wicked 1025 website, WIKD1025.com, for more info. And thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.